Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in again to the Legally Steal Show on this Saturday, August the 28th, uh, 2 p.m. Glad you tuned in. We have a um, have a good show for you today. I'm really uh, motivated about it because we're going to talk about something that we I should have talked about when we first started. I've been telling you about buying cars, and one of the most important factors in buying a vehicle is to make sure that your credit is straight. And I've gotten a, um, a few requests on on the blog site about credit and people asking quite a few questions about credit. Also, I need to give out this disclaimer that the, uh, well, this promotional piece, the show is being brought to you today of being supported by Lexington Law. Lexington Law is a law firm that is in the business of helping people repair their credit. So that's that's a real good thing. I worked hard to get those guys on board, and they saw the benefit of, of coming on board and supporting the show and, of course, being able to bring that message to you. So, of course, you can go to our blog at um, legallystealshow.blogspot.com, and you can check out Lexington Law there and, of course, leave your leave your questions and, and, and we will get to them as the show progresses. Uh, as I said, we have a good show today because we're going to talk about the understanding the ambiguities of credit. Credit has been such a misnomer that people really don't know what to do or, or how to actually put credit in place and make it work for them. First, you have to understand credit and why credit is so important in what you're doing. Before you buy a vehicle, you may you must make sure and maintain that your credit is above par and above standard uh, and to follow in several guidelines to make sure that you're able to qualify for that vehicle. Of course, I, I'm expecting some callers today. I look forward to talking to you. Um, from this weekend or across during the week, I had several people say that they were interested in actually airing their questions on the on the radio on the show. So that's good. Uh, the guest calling number is one three four seven six three seven one zero zero eight. Again, that's three four seven six three seven one zero zero eight. And uh, you may have noticed that I went right into the show today and not put a lot of other information out. That's because I only have an hour hour show, so I want to make sure that I get this online and get the right information to you so you can better prepare yourself before you go to the car dealer. Um, now, a couple of things, and I'll, I'll bring that up and tell you about that article a little later. But a there's a paradigm shift that's happening now. And I kind of suspected it would happen, but it, it truly it has no choice. But when if you look at the adage of if everyone has bad credit, then no one has good credit. 
And if that's the case, then the industry has to change, and there are some interesting things that are coming out that's going to help you, the consumer, in getting your credit in a better situation, but also helping you into uh, buying vehicles. This week, uh, during the Auto Finance Summit 2010, and this is a big summit where you have a lot of car industry um, individuals or companies finance companies, they all get together and they talk about the industry, the market, and what needs to change, and we're going to talk a little bit more in depth in depth on that as we progress through the show. But one of the, as we get started, one of the first things that we, I guess we need to understand is a credit score or a credit scale or a credit rating. What are these things? How do these things come into play? Why are they so important? And why do you as a consumer um, end up being so affected by it? Now, let's start with the credit score. Your credit score is a, a an analysis, if you will, of all of the your ratings. Basically, what you've done from the time that you actually acquired credit to how you've paid your credit to how the banks are assessing you based on your credit. So your credit score plays a crucial role in determining what whether you're eligible for any kind of loans. And these scores are reported by credit reporting agencies. Now, understand the big three TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, they're simply reporters of your credit rating based on what the lender has to tell them. If you've paid as agreed, paid on time, then those are, you. well, you have a better high, well, or higher credit score based on what the lender tells them. And, and it's broken down into several criteria, and we want to touch on some of those. But you've got to understand that your credit score is the first thing that someone sees when you are attempting to have your credit pool in order to purchase something. So it's advisable that you check your credit score every, every six months if possible. Now, of course, you can actually have your credit pool once a year for free. And the Federal Trade Commission... Um, actually came out and implemented implemented a a website that you can pull directly from them and it's annual annualcreditreport.com and of course again this is brought on and and hosted by the Federal Trade Commission because they want you to pull a copy of your credit report before you go to the dealership or anywhere else to purchase anything on credit um, and, of course, that credit report, it'll, they'll also give you your credit score, if I'm not mistaken. They'll give you your credit score. There's another site that's called Quizzle, quizzle.com, and you can go to Quizzle, and I know they will give you your credit score, but the big three under the Federal Trade Commission's website, annualcreditreport.com, you can get, your, get a free copy of your credit report once a year. And that's the first and foremost thing you need to do. You need to pull your credit report to see what ex- what exactly is on your credit 
and start working towards improving your credit. Now, a couple of things we're going to talk about today is how can you improve your credit score within the next 60 days to give you a, uh, a better standing, a better credit rating on your credit report. Uh, but before we go into that, I want to talk a little bit more about um, the your actual credit score and how this how your credit score is the bearer of good news or the bearer of bad news. Now, the the credit score is is compiled from a number of a number of entries. Uh, how you pay your credit, and that's or pay your debt. That's if you pay it. Every month, and you pay it like you're supposed to pay it, pay it as agreed within 30 days' time frame. Then that's the highest. That's the highest thing that rating that you can get, and that would be an R1, which is a revolving credit, and you have a one tier score. Now it can go all the way to an R9 or an I9, installment nine or revolving nine. So the R and the Is are very important on the credit report. But once you get to an I-9 or an R-9, that means your credit has been or that debt has been charged off. Uh, the company cannot collect it anymore, so they'll charge it off to bad debt, and now that hits your credit report. And that 9 will stay there for a number of 7, seven to 10 years because your credit is assessed every every month, but according to the um the the Fair Credit Reporting Act, some entries on your credit must be removed after seven years. Um, bankruptcies, foreclosures, those normally stay, or judgments, those normally stay on your credit report for up to 10 years. Student loans will stay on your credit report forever. They are not, unless they are in default, they will not drop off your credit report. They'll stay on there forever because, the, you know, the government is giving you money, so now you need to pay that money back. So those things like that, they will not fall off. But everything else should fall off. Now, I, I put emphasis on should because the thing that you have to watch out for or remember is with your, with your credit score or your credit rating, companies, if you go out and borrow money, Okay, and you don't pay that money back, and you say, "Well, you know what? It's been six and a half years. I'm not going to pay it back. Why should I? It's too late now." Well, what companies are doing now, you can have an entry that can stay on your credit report for up to 28 years, which <laughs> brings me to another point. And I'll tell you in just a second, but it can stay on your credit report for up to 28 years because what will happen is. At the end of that period where it's about to fall off your credit, then you will start getting a lot of letters in the mail. Um, the companies will start calling you, and as soon as you answer the telephone or you respond to them in any type of way, they will count that as a contact. Once they contact you, now they will update, report to the credit bureaus that they've been in touch with you. Now what happens is that credit on your report will now get reassessed to the last date of activity. The last date of activity was the last call that they made to you. So now it will go on your credit report for another seven years. 
So you have to be very careful. When the creditors start to call, if you are uh, within that last year, last six months to it falling off of your credit report, okay, I'm not telling anybody to do bad, but if you've made it that far without paying the bill, don't answer the phone. Don't address the the letters that they send to you because now they're going to reassess it, put it back on your credit, and you'll be there for another seven years. And the process will continue to repeat itself. At the end of that seven years, they'll do it again. Now you're at 21 years. But I guess the thing that I kind of chuckled at was I, I was at a seminar probably 15 years ago, and there was this gentleman talking about credit and people getting married. And he brought up a valid point, and, of course, you know, we saw the audience look when he made this statement, but he was saying, when you get married, you are entering into a contractual agreement. Okay, now let's put the love and the emotions and all that stuff aside. You're entering into a contractual agreement, and you start to commingle and share things together. If you start to do stuff from a joint standpoint, okay, your husband and wife buy something together. Well, that now goes on both of your credit reports. Okay, not a problem so far. But what happens when you get a divorce? That stays on both of your credit reports. So you can actually be married in the – well, the point that he made was this. Your bad credit can outlast your marriage because – if you're married and you you know you get a divorce after five years, well, that negative credit is going to follow you for some years beyond that. So you have to be careful. And when they say a a, a co-signer, there's no th- there's no such thing as a co-signer. There's a co-buyer. So if you sign on the dotted line along with your spouse or for your child or for your best friend, you now become liable for that debt. If that person does not pay, uh, as a matter of fact, the bank will look at you or the lending institution will look at you as though you both signed for it. So they're dependent on one of you to pay it back. But before we go off too far, let's talk about your credit score rating. Okay. Now, the numbers, all three credit bureaus all report something different on your credit report. And that's why it's very important for you to pull all three copies of your credit bureaus or the credit reports because not all three are the same. And rarely will they ever be the same, but it's up to you to try to force their hands and make them the same. Because remember, their loyalty is not to you. Their loyalty is to the people that's paying them to report their your credit to them. They are a business. Do not forget that. So how does your credit how how does the how do how do the ratings actually go? And what's the scale? What does it go from? Well, you have your ratings start at about three hundred. Now, I've seen a person with a two hundred and eighty eight credit score before and that person worked hard to get to two hundred and eighty eight, okay? They went in reverse and worked diligently to get it that low. But you want to start looking at your credit. Now, if you're looking from a standard scale would be if your credit score is 500 to, say, a 579, 
that's considered a very poor credit score. It's very doubtful that you may qualify for a loan, and if you qualify, your interest rates are going to be extremely high. I think last week we were talking about uh, interest rates being as high as 30%. So now that's 500 to a 579. 580 to a 619 is considered a poor score. Again, you may qualify for the interest rate. You may qualify for the loan, but your interest rate is going to be high. 580 to 619. 620 to 659 is considered a fair score. Now, I'm going to tell you something about these scores in just a second, but I want to finish getting them out to you. But a 620 to a 659 is considered a fair score. You may qualify for the loan but you may not have a good interest rate. Probably won't be as high as 30%, but you will not have a good interest rate. Next, 660 to 699. With that, that's considered a good score. Lenders feel that there may not be any problems in getting a loan, and you can probably get it at a good or decent interest rate. Okay. Now you look at your 700 to your 759. That's a great score. That's above average. You won't have any trouble getting a loan, and your interest rate will be a good interest rate. And, of course, you max out at between a 670 and an 849. And now that's, that's kind of questionable because some credit bureaus will give a score as high as 900. Chances are you don't have to worry about it because the dynamics that are set up to actually get to a 900 you probably will never get there. So if you're if you're running between that 760 and an 849, you have an excellent score. Lenders will have no problem in offering you a loan and giving you the best interest rate because you are a good credit risk. You will pay your bill. They won't have a problem. But we've all gone to to a lender, let's say a car a car dealer. And you've put out your credit score, told them, you know, your Social Security number, and they pull your credit score. And they come back with a credit number. Well, if you don't know how to assess that number, here you go. You're about to get in trouble because they will ask probing questions. And if you feel like you have some issues with your credit or maybe there's a little doubt, then they're going to pounce on that. So you go in there with, say, a 660 to a 669 and you feel that maybe you've had some issues with your credit report, you have a good score. But, of course, they're not going to look at it that way. If they feel they can get a little bit more money out of you, they will, and they will, you know, quote you a higher interest rate. I've seen it done countless of times. So, you know, there again, you have to be credit, I mean, have to be very careful when you're entering a dealership or any other institution, financial institution, and you're going to be borrowing money. So these are things that you need to look out for, check your credit report, and make sure that credit rating or you fall within that credit rating. I want to I tap into ways of improving your credit before you ever go to the dealership. Um, I'm going to open the lines up, and hopefully those callers will start calling in, but the call-in number is, one area code three four seven six three seven one zero zero eight. 
That's 347-637-1008. I'd love to hear from you and take your questions live on the air, and we can discuss your situation to the extent that you feel comfortable in discussing it. But until that time, I want to hit up on, um, go back to the report that I was talking about that happened earlier in the week from the Auto Finance Summit. What is happening is, if you notice in the market, home sales are down, okay? Retail sales are down. Nobody's spending money. The reports came out this week. Uh, the gross domestic product only grew by 1.6%. They were anticipating 2.4, which is still low, but 1.6%. So the market is creeping higher. It's not running. It's not growing fast. It's really creeping higher. However, all of the big three, and I've said this, I think, for the last three weeks, but all of the big three, Toyota and Hyundai, are reporting profits from the auto sales. Why is that? What is the thing that's going on that's making people not buy homes, but people still buying cars? And this is this is something that we're going to discuss. But I hang on. I have some callers, if you will. Hang on. Let me get them on the air. Okay, go ahead, caller. You're on the air. Hi, how are you today? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Who are you and where are you calling from? My name is Renee and I'm calling from D.C. Calling from D.C.? Yes. Great, great. Okay, tell us about what's going on. Well, I have very... Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. I have very... This is Renee. I'm calling from D.C. I got you, Renee. Go for it. Okay, I... Yes, I had a very bad credit issue about five years ago. Okay. I had a very bad credit issues about five years ago. Okay. But that time I put um, on my credit. Okay, I had very bad credit issues about five years ago. Right, since you had credit time, issues about five years ago. What has happened since then? Okay. I've put... Um, a bank loan on there and two credit cards. Uh-huh. And I went to the car dealership on last week to purchase a car. And they okay. told me that the old stuff on my credit report was still affecting my credit. Okay, and you say you had this on about five, bad credit about five years ago, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, and did they offer you a decent interest rate? Well, no. What they told me was... The bad stuff that was already on there was a, was a still affecting my credit and my interest rate. Okay, okay. Um, let me repeat so everybody will understand. It was Renee calling from D.C., and what Renee said was that she had some issues, credit issues, about five years ago, but when she went to get a car loan, she had actually put some credit on her report within that last five years to actually make it better, but when she went to the car dealer, they actually told her that her interest rate was going to be higher because she had some stuff from five years ago. 
Well, Renee, um, thank you for calling in, first of all, and I'm going to get to your question because what has happened is that is really not the case. I have another caller. Caller, I see you. If you would, just hold on just a second. That is not the case. Normally, the older the, the items are on your credit report, the less weight or less effect that they will have on you. Now, remember I started talking about seven years and stuff falling off of your credit report. Those yeah, items on your credit report that are over three years old, they start to carry less weight as you continue to put new items on there. So the best way to alleviate old items or bad items on your credit report is to put new items on your credit report. So, Renee, what I would suggest you do is if you don't have a copy of your credit report, go ahead and pull those copies, find out what is on your credit report, and start writing the credit bureaus to see if you can get that off. And, of course, if you can't, go to our blog, and you will see the sponsors on there from the day, Lexington Law, and they can help you remove some of those items from your credit report and get that credit report in a better situation. Thanks again for your call. Our next caller, caller, you're on the air. If you would, give us your name and tell us where you're calling from. Are you speaking with me? Yes, I am. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Rita calling from California. Hi, Rita. Thanks for calling. Hi. Thank you. Um, I was in a bad modification loan for a home, for my home. I've had it for 18 years. Okay. And they ended up selling it in a trustee sale. Well, I okay. did, I, I filed bankruptcy, however, it was after an eviction. And so mm -hmm. they're trying to have the eviction lifted. And I'm wondering, is there a motion that I can file that can tie this up a little bit longer in order for me to try to? Yes. Yes, it is. Here's what I want you to do, because your situation is really, really unique, and I've dealt with issues like that before. I'm going to give you my, if you would, send me an email, and because you've got a lot of stuff going on, I don't want to put a lot of that out on the air, because this show is going to be go live and it's going to be repeated over and over again, and I don't All want right. to put a lot of information out on the air, but if you would... Email me at the show. That's T H E S H O W at legally steal dot info. Okay. Legally steal. Yes, legally steal. It's the show at legally steal dot info. S T E. I'm sorry. S T E E L. Uh uh. It's like uh, stealing. Yeah. No. S A L. Yes. Legally steal dot info. And I will get that question. Matter of fact, if you would, when you do that, lay it out again, what you just told me, and I will respond back to you within the next three hours. Okay. Okay? All right. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for calling. Um, very interesting. And, and, again, I want to reiterate to the audience that's listening, I didn't want to go into detail into what she's talking about, but what she is definitely discussing or looking at and what we're going to talk about later is the way that her credit is going to be affected in the long haul. And there are ways that that can be taken care of, that can be handled, um, but you have to stay on top of 
your credit report. You have to. It's a must, or you'll get in trouble. And these are things that will follow you for years to come, years, and they will not go away. But as I was telling the caller from D.C., good things will alleviate bad things. Now, that's one of the things that I was just going into before the callers, the, the calls came in as far as the, the auto lending. What is happening is credit has become such an issue for Americans, okay? And I, I don't really want to blame it on one group of, of individuals, and that's per se the baby boomers, the Generation X, the Y generation, but what has happened is people has people and the industries have abused credit so much to the point that credit is now a crutch, not just a crutch for the buyers, but credit is also a crutch for the lenders, and they now are not making money like they should be now. We can get into some things, and, uh, and, of course, people have their own opinions about this, but the bank bailout, I know it's a sore issue for a lot of people, but what happened in that, the banks gathered our money as taxpayers. They gathered our money, and they set on our money. Now, if you don't understand the financial institutions and how money is made, and, of course, we're going to get back to credit, but I want you to understand this whole paradigm shift of what's happening. If you don't understand the lending institution and how they are making money, and this is insurance companies and banks, they are some of the richest companies in America right now. And what they do, there's a certain market of money that you have to have $300 million to even participate in this type of lending market. And this is, this is money that is done, the lending is done overnight. I mean, instantly they're making millions of dollars overnight with our money. Well, when the banks were paid this money through the TARP fund, banks set on this money, okay? That's why they didn't have a care in the world of continuing to do what they were doing, wasting our money, but they were sitting on this money and investing this money in this market, making billions of dollars. So, when the president basically said, okay, it's time for you to pay our money back, excuse me, the bank said, no problem, we'll pay your money back. They gave it back. But guess what? They had made so much money on it that they didn't have to open their vaults to lend money. They were sitting on enough money that they had made in the overnight markets that they could actually hold off on doing any lending. Well, that paradigm shift hurt everybody because not only are they not lending on loans, on, on mortgages, they're not giving small businesses money to keep the economy moving. They need loans to keep their money, the, the economy moving. But here's something strange that's happening. The auto lenders are lending money, okay? This report that came out, and you can look it up yourself. Uh, it's called Auto Lending, Auto Lenders Warming Up to Lower Credit Ratings. And it came out on the 26th, a couple of days ago. 
It says, if you've been in a dealership earlier this year and you weren't at all pleased with the finance terms offer, you might consider giving it another try. Auto lenders are loosening up once again, especially on new car loans, and have started to extend loans to those with more blemished credit histories. Why is that happening? Because nobody is making money if nobody is lending money. You can't get any money off interest rates. Well, consumers have money. They're just not spending because their confidence is low. But in the automobile world, we need cars. So we are more apt to put up two to three to four to five thousand dollars down on that vehicle to get a car. What is happening now is the whole credit profile or credit rating is going down, which means not a lot of people are having good credit right now because it's really too easy to mess up a credit rating. Here are some examples. Let's say about 10 years ago, what a perfect credit rating was, was a house mortgage, a car loan, two credit cards. House loan, a mortgage, a mortgage, a car loan, and two credit cards. Okay, how many of you listeners out there right now have a mortgage, a car loan, and two credit cards? Remember, that's perfect credit. That was 10 years ago. Most people have more than two credit cards. Some people have a mortgage and a second home. Most people have two cars that have car loans on them. So that really throws the credit rating out of whack. Now, here's the other side. Those credit cards. If you have a credit card, let's say your balance is $10,000. If you're $9,000, $9,900 on that credit card, the limit, guess what? You're going into bad credit now. Why? You haven't gone over the limit. You're paying your bill as you should, but your credit score is going to drop because the availability of credit is not there anymore. You're actually using more credit than you should be. So in a typical situation, if you have a $10,000 credit card, you really shouldn't have more than $3,000 of credit limit on that, of credit usage on that credit card. The more you use, the lower your credit score will go. I've had people that came to me, clients in the past, that had a mortgage, a car note, car loan, five credit cards, they were all paid on time every month within 30 days, but the person still had a 580 credit score. And this was due to the credit cards were nearly maxed out. Uh, the car loan, he still had four years on, on one car loan. He's getting ready to get another one. And he had 20 years left on his mortgage. Well, this make the lenders, this will make the lenders a little leery of, of giving you more credit, therefore your credit rating falls. So these are things that you have to be very careful of, but the only way you can assess this is getting a copy of your credit report. That credit report is going to be crucial in determining a lot of things. Now, I know we've been talking about the credit report, how crucial it is, but what are some of the ways that you can actually make your credit better? 
And as I put out this week, within 60 days, we have a cycle that can actually, you know, help your credit rating improve. Now, of course, this is for individuals that are, you know, may have gotten behind a little bit on a loan, on a note in paying it. Make your payments on time, okay? That accounts for 35%, 35% of your credit rating, making your payments on time, all right? And that's simple. Now, you may be in a bad situation with a credit card because most of them are only going to ask you for the minimum amount due, and that's a whole other topic on paying the minimum amount basic versus how long you're going to be in that in that debt. But if your payment, if your minimum payment is 50 bucks, pay it. Pay it on time every time. Now, of course, my suggestion is pay the entire amount um, off at the end of the month. Now, credit card, now, I, this is not an endorsement for, well, they hadn't paid to be on the show, which I wish they would, but American Express, um, hang on, call, I'll see you there, get you in just a second. But American Express, I used to have several, and they were the best cards that I could, I, I would use because it would allow me to pay off the amount at the end of the month and not carry that debt over, unlike a revolving credit card where you pay it every month but you only pay a minimum of balance and you're still carrying that balance and your APR and your monthly APR is continuing to rise, not good. Caller, you're on the air. Yes. Hello? This is Francis. Francis? Yes. Ma'am, what's going on? I was wondering, can I buy a car with a 540 credit score? <laughs> can you buy a car with a 540, 540 credit score, correct? Yes. Yes, ma'am, you can, but you're going to pay a higher interest rate. I would suggest that you not buy the car right now, but pull your credit report. Go ahead and, and see what's on your credit report that's knocking your score down. And go ahead and try to get those things taken care of. And within 60 days, your credit score can increase by 50 to 100 points if you work on it diligently and pay those items off. Okay, Francis? Where are you calling from, Francis? I'm calling from Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi? Oh, great. That's my near my hometown. Well, thank you for calling, Francis, and please pull your credit report. And thank you. Have another caller. Go ahead, caller. Where are you calling from? Hello. Hello, sir. Yes. Hi. I was listening a minute ago. I just jumped off the phone so that I could email you via my cell phone. Okay. I was just listening back then. Okay. No problem. You did get that email out to me, right? Yes, I did. I just uh, sent it out. Okay, well, I will get to it as soon as I'm off the air. And, again, thanks for calling. Spread the word, too. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Wow. Been a hot topic today. Uh, credit is credit is an issue. Credit is a major issue. And uh, I apologize to my listening audience because I should have gotten this on the air before I even started talking about buying a car. 
The book is great. Uh, the book, my my book that I wrote, How to Legally Steal Your Next Vehicle and Save Thousands. It's a it's it's a really good piece to actually help you assess a lot of things, and it touches on uh, quite a bit of information in there about credit, because before, like again, before you can buy a car, you need to have your credit straight. So if you haven't had a chance to get the book, How to Legally Steal Your Next Vehicle and Save Thousands. Get a copy of the book, and as I've always said, if the book, if you cannot save several thousands of dollars by utilizing the book, give me a call and I'll buy it back from you. I guarantee the book will help you save money. So get a copy of the book uh, and check it out. Read it, and of course, send me your questions at the show at legallysteal.info. That's the show at legallysteal.info. I'm very excited about what's happening. I like the fact that the the show is becoming interactive. I didn't tell you about, you know, last week, just the rebroadcastings. We got about 245 rebroadcasts last week or people actually listening to the show, which is good. Now, those numbers are small, but we've only been on the air. This is our fourth week. And the numbers are going to increase because the information that we're putting out is information that you can use in your life right now. Not something you have to plan for, but something you can start using right now to make your life better. The show is not just about cars. It's about finances. It's about doing things in a more progressive way that's going to make you a better consumer, make you a smarter consumer, and a less debt consumer. So we got a lot of things that's going on, and we're going to keep pushing those things. Back to improving that credit score. One of the biggest things you can do, I told you 35% was making payments on time, but one of the biggest things that you can do in looking at your credit report is look for any incorrect information. You would be surprised of what's on your credit report. I had a gentleman, very good friend of mine, looked at his credit report. He hadn't looked at it in about five years. But when he looked at his credit report, he had little things on his credit report that weren't even his. I mean, this guy wasn't even in the country at the time these items hit his credit report. And I'm talking about $89 debt, $119 debt. He had about six entries on his credit report out of a total of, I think it was 18. Six entries on his credit report. Now, that's a third of the entries, but it knocked down his credit score to a 588. And these were little items. None were over $250. They weren't even his. Matter of fact, they had this guy's birth date wrong. This guy was 45 years old or is 45 years old. They had his birth date in 89. But this is stuff that if you don't look at your credit report and you're depending on your credit report to be positive and have a, a, a really good picture of you, then you're getting in trouble from the start. Remember I said and one of the quotes that I have in the book is creating a portrait of yourself. What is your portrait going to look like? Think about this for a second. What is your portrait going to look like when you step into a lending institution? Is it going to be a distorted view of you, 
Or is it going to be a Picasso of you? Is it going to be a Rembrandt of you? It's up to you. If you don't pull your credit report, then you're going to get what the credit bureaus are throwing at you. Now, let's go into the ambiguities a little bit more. Credit. Let's talk about the credit reporting agencies. If you file, and you every, every consumer has the right to dispute items on their credit report, I don't care if the item is correct. You have the right to dispute it, okay? If you dispute that item on your credit report, the credit bureaus have an obligation to investigate your complaint. If you say, for instance, like this guy I was just telling you about, a good friend of mine, if he disputed those items on his credit report, the first thing that the bureaus are going to do, they're going to temporarily delete those items. Okay? Once those items are deleted, they're going to actually contact the reporting company that put them on there, that sent that information over. Those companies have a certain time frame to respond to that inquiry from the credit reporting agency. If that company doesn't respond, and I think that time frame is 45 to 60 days. I'm going to verify that, but I think it's 45 to 60 days. If they don't respond within that 45 to 60 days from that inquiry from that credit bureau, then that item is removed from your credit report because it's considered invalid. There's no proof behind it, which brings me to this point. Everything that you sign, every time you get credit, you have to sign something. That makes it an, a, an obligation, okay? Once you sign that information, that information now should be put on file at the company that gave you the credit. Well, what happens after six, seven years? A lot of companies are being acquired by other companies. There are mergers going on. There are incidents. There are fires. There are floods. Information may be lost. So if you file for an inquiry or a complaint, an investigation to be done on that credit item, and they can't find that credit item, they have to legally remove it from your credit report. Uh, from your credit report. So within the first 60 days of you investigating or having an item on your credit report investigated, the credit bureaus are going to remove that item from your credit report instantly, instantly boosting your credit rating. So now, again, your, your credit score can go up to as high as 100 points from them removing those negative items. But this is something that you have to stay on top of. If you have items on there that you don't know how to get off, remember, Lexington Law. And Lexington Law is only one company, but because they're underwriting the show today, I'm going to talk about Lexington Law. And that's the one who paid to be on. That's the one I promote. But Lexington Law can investigate that for you, for you and actually have those items removed from your credit report. And, again, you can check that out at our blog. Uh, going there and looking at the information from Lexington Law and pulling up that information. And the blog is it's legally, it's www.legallysteal.blogspot.com. That's legallysteal.blogspot.com. And you'll see the Lexington Law logo there 
just click on it. If you're interested in allowing them to investigate your credit report and remove some of those things off your credit, by all means, tell them SC sent you, and I'd like to hear feedback on what they're doing for you so we can talk about it on the air because even though, and this is what I tell every one of my underwriters, even though you're underwriting the show, my job as your advocate, as my listening audience advocate, and my morals for having and hosting this show is to make sure that they're doing right by you, the consumer. So if they're not doing what they're supposed to do, I can easily look for another underwriter. That's how strongly I feel about what I'm doing. I can easily find another underwriter that will support. I want credible underwriters that will actually work with my listening audience to the nth degree, give them more than what they're paying for. So by all means, check out Lexington Law, but let us know what's going on uh, with that, and we'll be all on top of it. That's my job. That's my that's my commitment to you, the consumers. Let me know, and, and I got your back. I'll make sure I go to bat for you. Um, back to back to the credit score. Remember, this can be a good picture of you. This can be a bad picture of you. This picture can be easily adjusted. I talked about changing information on there. What if they have your address on your credit report wrong? That knocks off points. If they have the wrong birthday, that knocks off points for your credit. So these are little things that you need to look at. And just by pulling your credit report and uh, um, fixing those small items on there, you can increase that credit score. Uh, Another one is... Getting rid of that past experience, remember, if you put new credit on your report, it's going to counter old credit. Now, foreclosures. Foreclosures in the past were extremely difficult and hindered you a lot. But what has happened in the last three years is, Foreclosures have been on the rise, and nearly one, I think the last report I heard was one in four people are in foreclosure trouble, one in four people. (laughs) One out of four people in foreclosure trouble. Again, that's another story we can fuss about with the banks, but just about every and remember, I told you early on in the show that 95% of Americans are payment buyers. So now you're talking about 25% of that 95% has a foreclosure on their credit. That brings down the bar. As it brings the bar down, they're going to have to continue to loan money to individuals. So foreclosures don't hurt you as bad as they used to, especially if they're four or five years old. They're on your credit report, but if you're building credit, it makes you, it, it 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 kind of outweighs it a little bit. So don't concern yourself so much with the foreclosure. Now there are different types of foreclosures and things you need to look at. Um, if you have a foreclosure that has no money owed. 
In other words, the bank came in, they foreclosed on your home, and they zeroed out the balance. That's a much better situation than having a foreclosure, but you owe $40,000 on it. Now you have the foreclosure hitting you, but you also have that negative $40,000 that's hitting you as well, bringing your score down. So if you have that foreclosure and you have a zero balance, that's a better foreclosure. No foreclosure is good, but that foreclosure is a better one to have on your credit report because you don't have any debt. You're not still in debt. The bank took the house. They zeroed it out. It was a loss for you. It was a loss for them. They wiped the slate clean. The only thing that's remaining is that residual thing on your credit report called the foreclosure, but you don't owe anybody. Okay? Now, we're going into the third, the final quarter of the year, another month, and we'll be in the last quarter of the year, which rolls around to income tax time. Now, I want to tell you some ways that you can continue to increase your credit score, your credit rating. Most people are going to be getting a refund. Now, most people are going to take that refund. I can't say most people. A large majority of those people are going to take that refund and apply it to, towards something like maybe a car, uh, maybe some furniture. Well, my, my assessment is making your money work for you. How about if you have a relationship with a bank or a credit union? You take that money into the bank. Let's say you got $5,000 back on your refund and you want to buy a vehicle. You want to pay cash for the car. Why not stop by the bank first? Put your $5,000 into, say, a certificate of deposit, okay? Let them hold your $5,000. Borrow money against your $5,000 and then go pay for your car. Or borrow money and you can pay it on a monthly note. What this does for you is this, and this allows you to improve your credit with your money. I'm not telling you something that I've heard. I'm telling you something that I've done and I've done several times. I've taken money into the bank, opened up an account. One time I went to buy a company vehicle. Didn't want to have a note for it except a note with myself. But I was in the real estate investing business at the time. I took $25,000 into the bank, put it into a certificate of deposit for three years. Now, I earned some interest on that certificate of deposit. But what I did was I borrowed $20,000 against my certificate of deposit, went and paid cash for my company vehicle. Well, that money that I borrowed, I had a note against it, which means I had to pay that note back every month. It was already secured by my certificate of deposit, so I wasn't losing anything, but I was building credit for my company. At the end of, I think it was two and a half years, I paid it off early. At the end of the two and a half years, I had paid off that $20,000 note for my vehicle, had a title for my vehicle, and still had my $25,000 plus interest in my certificate of deposit. Did not lose any money. I came out on the positive side, and I used my money to work for me. Well, what that did was that improved my company's credit. But you can do this for your personal self, too. 
you can create your own lending situation without using, always use somebody else's money is the adage. Never use yours, use somebody else's. So you can actually do this, and this will improve your credit score. Another way, improving your credit score within that 60 days. Now, that may take a little bit longer than what I just told you than 60 days. But another way is when you pull your credit report, create an aggressive campaign, an aggressive wellness checklist for yourself where you can start jumping on things as they happen and start reporting or getting things taken off your credit report. Also, if you didn't know, you can also have inquiries taken off your credit report. For instance, you go to a company, you're going to buy a washing, washing machine, washing and dryer combo, and you're going to put it on that store's credit. That store will pull your credit. What instantly happens is this data is sent to that credit report, the credit reporting agency in that area, and they will put on your report an inquiry that this company pulled your credit. Now, that inquiry will stay on your credit report for two years. Two years. Let's say you don't even buy the washing machine. It still stays on your report for two years. Well, how many of you can remember back over the last two years of stuff that you've actually had credit pulled for? Most people can't. Most companies don't care. But the credit reporting agencies still show it. You know what? Pull your credit report. Dispute it. Dispute it. You can remember. You can dispute every item on your credit report. I don't care if it's good. You can still dispute it. And you can get those things knocked off. Also, pulling your credit report, unless you do it yourself, if you let someone else do it, it's going to de delete or remove at least five points from your credit bureau rating, from your credit score. So every time someone pulls your credit score, if it's not in the same realm, for instance, you're going to buy a car today. You stop by dealer A, they pull your credit. That's five points. You stop by dealer B on your way home. That's five points. Okay? Well, Saturday you go out again and you stop by dealer C. They pulled your credit. That's five points. No, because all of those transactions were within a certain time frame and they were all centered around the same thing. It's only five points total. But if you go by the dealership, you go by the appliance company, you go by the mortgage broker, all three of those will be five to six points separate that will decrease your credit rating or credit score, and that can hurt you severely. So the biggest thing is making sure that you work on your credit, but you don't apply for credit that you don't plan on getting or you don't want. Walking into, for instance, a department store, and they want to offer you a credit card. No, don't. And we'll talk about, as the show, what things will happen if you do that. So some of the things you don't want to do, but, again, you can stay on top of your credit report by doing some of the items that we're talking about. Listen, I've had a great show today, and I feel that, I still owe you some more information.
because this is a this is a hot item. I look forward to your blogging with me this week and sending me questions. And remember, this is my show. So if I have to alter the show to get you the information you need, then that's my job to do. Again, thanks for tuning in. I, I am going to respect the caller's wishes today. I'm going to get back to them. And I look forward to another interview. I plan to have guests. Again, thanks for listening to the Legally Sealed Show, and I will talk to you next week.